Welcome, everybody, to the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Red Kachik, also known as Drew Matthews, and I'll be previewing my round one of the PGA Best Ball drafts at fourballfantasy.com tonight. Um, this is a dual stream, so what I mean by that is I'm going to um, obviously have this out as a podcast uh, for audio, so it'll be on iTunes, um, Spotify, Google, etc., But I'm also doing a video. So if you're listening to it on audio and you're curious about what I'm looking at, you can find this. I'm going to post it on uh, YouTube on our Fantasy Golf Bag channel. So you can come find uh, everything that I show you here is free at FantasyGolfBag.com. The best ball rankings, the content for the PGA best ball stuff is all free through December 6th. Um, And then we'll reevaluate it. But the, the goal is to get as much of this data out there as possible, at least for the PGA rankings, I think Fantasy Golf Bag does a really good job of kind of determining who has the best opportunity for a longer period of time. Daily daily fantasy is there's obviously edges in you know lineup construction, etc. Um, but you know as well as I do that the the stats that you look at for a week to week basis, um, say Colin Morikawa is going into whatever tournament looking great there's still a chance there's still a great chance that he doesn't play well and finishes outside the top 10 or what, what have you. So looking at some of the, the key statistics that we normally do on a week long basis, um, kind of extrapolating that out for 36 events, I think is what the four ball fantasy is um, doing. It's a, uh, it's, it's a fun concept. And I, and I think there's actually a nice edge to some of the cheap guys. Obviously we'll just talk about round one picks today. So this will be pick one through 12. So you're just going to get one of these in each draft, but um, ideally, at least for me, the same way with any of the other sports is, um, you know, you, it's all it's random as far as your assignment of a pick. So the, the more entries that you put in, the better chance of having a pick one, which we'll talk about Mr. John Rahm um, versus a pick six um, or a 12th pick, et cetera, coming back down the horn. So, um, yeah, we can go ahead and dive into it. And uh, like I said, the if you're listening to this on the audio portion, I appreciate it. Um, but you can find an, an accompanying video with this podcast on YouTube and um, it may make a little bit more sense when I start pointing at something and I'll probably catch myself at some point saying, look here. And uh, I apologize. I'll try to do the best I can of uh, remembering there's only an audio portion on this, on this stream. So uh, with that being said, let's go ahead and open up the, uh, the fantasy golf bag ranking. So like I said, this is all going to be free. Um, I just posted my article today. Um and I'll pull that up right now. So this was just this was just three guys that I really like early on in round two. So I highlighted Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Sung JM. So you can go read that. Again, it's free. All this stuff will be free through December 6th. Um, so let me hop back to the home screen. And then I'll go into our um, PGA best ball rankings right here. So I'm going to obviously this stream for 12 guys. And I could go through and talk about each one of them for probably four or five minutes and probably a couple over five minutes. Um, to keep it short, I'm only going to highlight about six guys. And um, that'll be the premise of this this podcast and this stream. Obviously, the data is there. You can go look at it. You can go look through the exact same stuff I'm showing you on this stream and um, do that for all the other guys that I have ranked inside the top 12 for uh, the four ball ranking. So. Uh, like I said, we'll just we'll just quickly go through the twelve, and then I'm going to highlight the you know some of the my the reasoning behind the rankings of some of these guys. I think some are self-explanatory. Some might be 
tougher to distinguish. I mean, like a Bryson at three. Um, and again, we'll talk about here in, in just a second. But um, for the four ball rankings, we got John Rahm at number one, Colin Morikawa number two, Bryson at number three, Jordan Spieth, maybe surprising for some that don't don't like putting, um, number four, then DJ, Dustin Johnson, number five, Patrick Cantley, number six, a little bit of a drop down. I think some people think he should probably go in the top three, but I have some some thoughts behind that. Justin Thomas, number seven, Xander Shoffley, number eight, Victor Hovland, number nine, Matthew Wolf, a huge bump up to top 10 right now. He's number 10. Um, Abraham Answer, 11th, and 12th is Tony Finau. And like I said, in the article, um, I highlight the guys that I want to look at first, Sam Burns, Sun JM, and Scotty Scheffler. Um, nestled in there, you can see Brooks Kepkin, Cameron Smith, but the guys that I kind of want to lean outside of the rankings is are those three, Burns, M, and Scheffler. So um, with that being said, like I said, it's probably, yeah, we'll just go ahead and start with number one, and then I'll talk about some of the reason why. I think I think Patrick Cantley and John Rahm early on was a, a one-two that was switching back and forth, but let's go, let's go ahead and talk about um, John Rahm really quickly. So let's see here pull that up all right um let's pull up john rom in this one here and i'll just kind of walk you through my reasoning for number one sorry i thought i thought this screen was already up but we're, we're pulling it up right now um here's mr john rom all right so i think it's really interesting if you look at the, how the finishes how the actual finishes were so like if you pull up let me pull up this screen here. So this is the four ball weighted results. Um, so again, it's only for 36 events for the, the four ball championship. Um, so the best ball rankings will, or the best ball contest will run those 36 events. So what I pulled here, you can see the actual money during that span this, this past season. And, and obviously there's some events that are being added this next year uh, on the European tour, like the Scottish open is co-sanctioned. Um, but for, for sake of argument, John Rahm is here sitting number three at $6.2 million earned during that span. Um, Colin Morikawa was number one at $6.6 million. But let's just take a quick look at John Rahm's 2021 really quick. We all know the historic COVID pull from, uh, from Memorial where he had a WD, earned no money for that event. Thusly, when he goes into the Tour Championship, he's sitting, he's sitting back. Obviously, the Tour Championship doesn't count. Um, but going into the tour, into the FedEx Cup playoffs, he's already behind on Cantley. So, so the reasoning there was with between Cantley and Rom, just that one event alone swung. I mean, a million dollars for Rom, sure. So, I mean, just that alone that throws Rom at seven point five million over six point six million second place. I mean, that's ridiculous. Seven point five million. Um, that's a million dollar gap. And then Patrick Cantley would probably fall 500,000, I would say, you know, just from our argument's sake, let's just say he drops to $5 million. Um, that's a pretty big swing. It's a $2 million swing right there. Um, so that's kind of where I'm looking with, with John Rahm. I think John Rahm has been so consistent. Obviously he plays enough on the PGA tour. It's going to make it worth it, but you can just look through his finishes uh, outside of the win um, at the U S open. He was just inside the top five, just cranking out top fives, cranking out top fives. Um, the masters was good. So like any of these big events, like the WGC, 
um, the Players Championship, the Masters, the PGA Championship. You finished T8 there, uh, T5 at the Masters. Those are all really good, big events for a purse. Um, so, yeah, so, so John Rahm for me is definitely the number one guy. I think there's, again, you could go through the data. In my mind, if you if you just run out a normal memorial, as, as good as he was playing, I mean, I think he still have the – the rounds of, yeah, 69, 65, 64. He was leading by six, I think, at that point. Um, I mean, just crack on, tap, sorry, tack on another 1.2 million. We got, it's it's a huge gap between first and second place right there. So John Rahm is, is clearly my number one guy. Um, and then because John Rahm gets a huge bump for me, Patrick Cantley gets a fall down to six, which I won't cover this week or cover on this show um, specifically. But yeah, I think he's still in round one, obviously. He just, I think there's guys that are going to have some upside. Um, I'll go ahead and quickly just mention Colin Morikawa. Obviously, number two is plus playing fantastic. He's a young guy, obviously, with um, one major, WGC. He just won the DP World Tour, race to Dubai, whatever it was in Europe. Um, I, I think that's a, an obvious play there in the top three or top four. So I have him second. Bryson, Bryson's a little bit interesting at three. Uh, I just think I, I was really impressed with what Bryson did this year with how, how far he was gaining distance and then was able to contend with his irons in a lot of these events late. I mean, he wasn't dominating any events, but in the events he played well, like at Bay Hill, that, that I mean, that's quote unquote domination to me. So let's just assume he, he stays somewhat stagnant and, you know, keeps his distance up and maybe hones in his short game. Cause we know his short game was awful. He was picking up, 30 yards, 40 yards that year. Um, and it, you know, he's having 80 yards and he doesn't know how to tone it down or something. So I think that improves. And I think that's a really good chance. If, if Bryson can maintain that distance, which I assume he's doing everything he can to do, if not increase. Um, I, I just feel like that's a, a ceiling year for Bryson. So Bryson, number three, um, Jordan Spieth is the next guy I want to highlight. So <laughs> with, just talking about Jordan Spieth, um, he is coming in with a baby news, I guess, this last weekend. So we'll see how that plays out. But as of now, he's fourth on my list. Um, but I did want to walk through just how good he's been. So I pulled up the PGA Tour website, um, and we'll look at 2021, starting back at the farmer's insurance was the first one back. So miscut at the farmer's insurance. Um, and this is just starting off the year. And then he cranked out a T4, a T3, T15, T4, um, in contention for three of those weeks. He had a win at the Valero Texas open, another T3, a second at the Charles Schwab, uh, a second at the British open, just a lot of top fives and top threes, some top tens in there. And I, I don't think I, th- I hopefully, my idea is with him going so high, um, he cracks a couple of those seconds into wins and he has a John Rahm type of year with 7 million bucks. Um, that's kind of my idea with Jordan Spieth. And I, I know people hate just thinking Jordan Spieth's good at golf, but he, he is good at golf. Um, he does it in unique ways. And sometimes I think overly uh, variable ways to some people, but he does it time and time again. So I think, like I said in the past on the Fantasy Golf Bag podcast, some people are just good at putting. And uh, his short game is just ridiculous. His putting is ridiculous. He makes 35 footers like it's nothing a couple times around. 
So yeah, so Jordan Spieth would be uh, number four for me. The next guy on the list I want to highlight, Dustin Johnson, number five. Um, you can see here even like $1.7 million was, it was not a very good stretch of golf for DJ after he won the, after he won the masters in the fall of 2019, um, or I'm sorry, fall of 2020, the, the DJ train kind of ran off the tracks a little bit. So I'll pull up his, his player card on the PGA tours website. And I'll kind of explain why I think obviously DJ is just a special breed. I mean, he's, he's one of the guys that every time he tees it up, he's like a 12 to one favorite, no matter what, even when he's playing bad. Um, it just, it seems like when you're going for some of these big GPPs, big contests in the, in the best ball contest, looking for upside is what you want. So obviously John Rom, we know he has upside Colin Morikawa upside in my mind is like, you know, three or four wins in a season. Um, as we go outside the round, outside of round one, obviously you're not going to get three wins, <laughs> three win guys. I mean, I guess, I guess Sam Burns or, I mean, Berger's just a, a lock, I'm sure. But um, Hideki, Matsuyama, Scotty Scheffler, guys in the second round. I mean, there's, they, they can get two wins, maybe three, but I, I just feel like DJ is one of those guys. He could get two or three wins early, get one more win at a major somewhere and just have an obscene year. Um, so that's a lot of what goes into this first round is guys that you think can break the slate. And for me, DJ is one of those guys. So I'll go back to his stuff right here. And you can see a lot after that Masters tournament, he really struggled in the first half of the year, all the way through like late June, July. And then he started to turn it around. Um, a lot of good rounds in there. I mean, like at the WGC here, 69, 65, 65, 70, just a lot of bad rounds mixed in T eight at the open championship. You can't really fluke that T 20 at the U S open. Um, and then he finished the year off good. So I will say, I mean, he did finish on a high note and if we look at 2022 so far this fall, he's, he's played pretty well, but like a T six of the BMW championship. Um, uh, and then in the super limited field tour championship, he finished eighth, uh, shooting 68, 69, 68, 67. So, I think he's on the right trajectory. I feel like he kind of went through that spurt after the Masters win. He got the monkey off his back, and he really struggled. He really struggled. I mean, it was awful. I mean, T54, T48, missed cut, T48, missed cut. Um, obviously, that's not going to get the job done for a first-round pick, but I, I do think we're going to see more of a 20, 2020, 2019 DJ, and that's the reason why I have him up here as my number five guy. Going into the next play um, that is mentioned is, uh, sorry, Patrick Hanley. So I told you I wasn't going to really discuss Patrick Hanley. I think he's very consistent. I don't know if he has, I don't know if he has a three win season in him. Um, probably a lock to win at least once. Um, probably a good chance to win twice. So like I said, he's an easy first round play, but I don't think he goes above a Spieth or a DJ, a Bryson for me. So Patrick Hanley, number six. Justin Thomas, I'm going to highlight on this podcast. Um, Justin Thomas, number seven. He he actually had a better year than I even realized he had. I, I don't know. I don't know why that is. If um, if I pull up his data golf card here, and we'll go back to 2021. So we're on JT 2021. You can see already 2022. He had a pretty good start at the CJ Cup and the. Uh, the worldwide technology at Mayakoba. But if we go back to 2021, look through his stats. I mean, ball striking off the tee and approach are just phenomenal. 
phenomenal um, all year. But his finishes were awful. So like T42, T40, miscut, T26, T21. And again, we're talking Justin Thomas. T21 is not a good finish, especially in DFS when you're paying 11,000, 107, 105 for for Justin Thomas. It's as soon as he's, you know, outside the top 20, um you you're basically you lost the roster spot. So, but looking deeper, we can see, I mean, even outside the win at the players, statistically he's been as cons- I mean, I I thought he was going to have a great year. So there's no point in me kind of hopping off the bandwagon this year. Um especially when I feel like he's one of those special players that can go on those like I said, three, three wins in a season. That's basically what I want to target here. Um, but yeah, you can see through, again, I'm, I'm talking to a podcast crowd and a, and a live stream crowd, <laughs> or not a live stream crowd, a video crowd. But you can see the approach numbers, which I kind of care about more for a longer term perspective, are so consistent. I mean, he's gaining strokes on the field every single event. He's got what? One, two, three events three events out of what, how many is this 20 events, probably 24 events um, that he didn't gain strokes on approach to the field. I mean, that's, that's pretty nuts. Um, Yeah. Putting has just been, he had a bad stretch of putting there with those two missed cuts. So yeah, I I just, from a ceiling perspective, I think JT is it. I don't think that's any surprise to anybody. Um, I, I guess some people could even argue Justin Thomas goes ahead of a DJ or Jordan Spieth. I mean, Jordan Spieth, I probably have higher than most people have in their rankings for best ball. But um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm taking the contrarian approach a little bit and just feeling like there's, there's gotta be some upside um, the way Jordan was playing this year without a win. So let's see here. Going down into Mr. Xander Shoffley, number eight. Xander, I think originally I had him outside of round one. And then I started looking back through a little bit of his stuff. So let me pull up his PGA Tour player card um, for 2021. And he, he just, outside of the Olympics, he didn't win anything. And I think that's probably what what threw me a little bit. I mean, he's so consistent. And I think over the, over the long haul of 36 events, he's not going to play all 36 events. We'll say 20 events. Um, he's going to have a lot of top fives. I mean, you can, you can even look through here. He had, this wasn't all the events in this segment, the 36 events, eight top tens and 22 starts, 16 top 25s. Not too concerned with that. He had, uh, let's see, four, four top threes, four top threes, eight top tens. It's pretty good. Uh, just the consistency. And again, the, the T2s could easily be wins. Um, he threes are close to a win. I mean, there's just a few things that need to go his way. So from what he's shown us the last couple of years, I don't see any reason to think he's going to fall off a, fall off a mountaintop anytime soon. So yeah, I, I think Xander's a, a safe spot at number eight. I don't think you're reaching if you get him, um, at eight or seven or six, but definitely, I think he's definitely worth consideration in the, in the first round. That's why I have him eight. The next couple guys, it gets a little bit squirrely. I don't think you can really, that you can't, you can't really go wrong in the first round so much. I mean, you're not going to lose the the contest in the first round. Um, I mean, unless someone gets hurt, God forbid. But I mean, if you pick, if you took Patrick Cantley number one over John Rom for some reason, I mean, you're not really going to shit the bed taking Cantley. So there's nobody that I can speak to in the in the first round that 
if you take any of the guys I have in the top 12 here, you are going to, you know, you're really behind the eight ball. Um, I think some of these guys maybe look a little funny ahead of winners like a Hideki or Brooks Kepka, et cetera, but they play more events. I think that's an important part of the contest is the number of events like an Abraham answer, which we'll, we'll look at here in a second. Um, and their consistency over that time period. So the Victor Hovland, I will talk about, um, he has just been, I mean, I'll, I'll bring up Victor Hovland and Wolf. Wolf had a huge jump for me this fall. I mean, he was so bad last year. Victor Hovland. I mean, I don't know what else, what else you can say. Uh, he's kind of in the same ballpark as JT. He's almost more consistent in a way. Um, obviously he hasn't been on tour as long as JT for sure, but the ball striking stats are as good or better maybe on average than JT. And we can look at that right here. I have the data golf um, player card pulled up for Hovland here. So you can look through outside of, let's see, the beginning of the year, like you played in one European tournament, not concerned with that. Again, like Matthew Fitzpatrick is normally a great play in DFS, but when you look at how many events he's going to project to play um, on the PGA Tour during this year, or any PGA tour season, he's going to mix European and, and PGA. And, and obviously this is only counting PGA events. So um, like Matthew Fitzpatrick's a great play in any other contest, except this one, you, you, you need the PGA event. So, um, so that's just a side note because I saw a European tour event here for Hovland, but yeah, you can see a T5, T2, T3, T3, um, a win there on the European tour, which would not help us one bit. Although there's some co-sanctioned events. So that might, I don't know if the BMW International opens a, a PGA Tour co-sanctioned event, but that would be nice. I think the Scottish Open is, and I think one other one by uh, around the summer, around the British Open is. But the approach numbers, again, like I said, I think off the tee is fine to look at, but approach numbers on a long-term basis, the consistency for our first round pick is what I want. And you can see down the board, he's always, I mean, he's he lost more strokes Um to the field on approach than JT because he lost five, <laughs> five events. Uh, he lost strokes to the field versus was it four? I think it was for uh, JT, but you can see, I mean, he's gained two and a half strokes here, two and a half strokes here, two strokes. His ceiling is pretty high. A lot of top threes, uh, a good chunk of top twenties, which is fine. I mean, you're still racking up the money, but uh, I don't think there's too much, too much I can say on Holland. I mean, it's, you're just kind of hoping for a another one of those seasons where he gets another two wins. We'll say this late in the first round, two wins would be satisfactory. I don't think I I would I would be very hard pressed to see um like a, a Victor Hovland compete with a John Rahm for a for this stint in this this type of contest at least. Same with like a a DJ. He can certainly do it. I mean, we've we've seen him, I mean, even just this year, um, this fall swing. Shriners, he gained one and a half strokes against the field. I mean, he's continuing it on into the Mayakoba where I can only assume he gained as many strokes or more on approach and off the tee, and then he won that event. So I think there's big things for, for Hovland. Let me transition really quick to, to Matthew Wolf, and then I'll finish off with the last two plays here. Um, we're right at 24 minutes, so this is this is going on perfectly. This is basically what I wanted to do is just highlight the top 12 we have at Fantasy Golf Bag. Um, and kind of the reasoning behind some of them, because it obviously people can pick and pick and choose between a third, 
a third pick and a fourth pick, fifth pick, et cetera. Um, so give a little bit of reason. I felt like the context would help. All right. Matthew Wolf here. All right. You can see I have his data golf player card pulled up. I'll skip back. Actually, I'll, I'll skip back to 2021 really quick before we talk about 22 um, this fall. His his 2021 season was just awful. And if you're watching this on the on YouTube, you can see just very little green. Not a ton. Of, I mean, obviously more red than green, but I mean, he's just he was right around average all year. T15 was his best finish in this um, in this late stretch. One, two, three, uh, <laughs> four missed cuts, two WDs, a DQ at the Masters. Um, I mean, it was a it was a very bad year for Matthew Wolf. Flash fast fast forward, if I could speak. Fast forward to 2022 um sanderson farms t17 shriners open second mayakoba t5 houston open t11 and remember the the mayakoba he shot 61 to lead on the first day to finish t5 so like again the the opportunity he had to win both the shriners where he finished second and then the mayakoba where he finished t5 uh if he can continue that type of play the play we saw back in 2020 um that's that's the Matthew Wolf that I think can go in the first round. Again, I, I I honestly think Wolf at 10 is a little bit of a hot take, but if I had to get any of these guys, Wolf is the guy I could see rattling off two wins. Um Hideki's a great player. I just don't see him winning two times. He's just he's just too inconsistent with the putter. Um kind of the same reason why like a, a Louis Oosthuizen or a Corey Connors. Corey Connors plays a ton of events, very consist- consistent. Um, he's not going to get it done on the greens enough to pay off a a number 10 pick basically. So Matthew Wolf, number 10 there. And then I'll just finish off with the last couple. I thought it was really interesting. If you look at, um, Abraham answer and let me just, I had it written up and let me just tally it one more time. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, Nine, I think it was nine. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yes. So <laughs> he had nine, sorry, seven, seven top fives, um, seven top tens during this stint last year. And that's, again, that's the upside I'm looking for. A lot of top tens mixing in with some wins. Um, Abraham answer, I feel like, is, is one I kind of have to justify a little bit just because of the name. I mean, people play him in DFS every week, um, but right, you know, right ahead of Sam Burns, Sam Burns is close to a round one pick. I have him number 13. So first going in the, in the second round, uh, Sung Jay with as many events as he played, it's pretty crazy, but Abraham answer. I like, I like his chances with his stats. Um, they all line. He plays plenty of events and the events that he plays, he has really good upside. Um, obviously mixing in a win there, a couple seconds. I mean, you're just looking for those top threes are huge in terms of money, just like a, a GPP or any other DFS contest. You know, you could, you can min cash, <laughs> make the cut and you make a little bit of money. The top five, top three really is where you crank it out. 
and to see that many top top tens with a win, a couple top fives in, inside of that, that's that's what I'm gearing towards with uh, with answer at eleven. I'll probably mix and match. So, like I said, if I was building, so, so I, I plan to make say a hundred teams in the in the eighteen dollar contest. Um, Abraham answer, I, I would you know take in the first round, and then the next next team or next entry that I that I draft, it would be maybe a Tony Fino or Sung JM even. I bump Sung Jay to the first round if I'm take if I'm picking that far back in the first round. Obviously, anything inside of the top seven or top six, I have it pretty set. And I probably won't steer away, but the last couple of picks here, you know, 10, 11, 12, I can certainly grab a round two guy into that first round and then rebound really quickly with a solid second round. I mean, I could take Tony Finau and Sam Burns and feel pretty good about it. I could take Sam Burns, Sungjae, feel really good about it. Um, Daniel Berger is kind of sneaky from a money list standpoint. The, yeah, you can go down the list here. Plenty of good options, good players to pick from, but you're really looking for the upside. I mean, Leishman, Adam Scott, they're going to be <laughs> they're going to be tip top on the PGA Tour this season. But are they going to be high enough for a first round pick? So that's pretty much it. The last guy that I that I have on the list here, you can see, is Tony Finau, and um, I think that'll pretty much do it. The uh, like I said, four ball fantasy. The content is right here on fantasygolfbag.com. Uh, you can read my round three, sorry, right, my top three picks in round two. And then best ball rankings in the four ball weighted results from last season, which I, I found pretty helpful. Along with that, you can see all of the other DFS stuff is still free. We only have the hero coming up. So this is a good time to hop into the best ball stuff um, with a break away from normal PGA DFS. But all the model rankings, DFS projections, um, and ownership are all free still at Fantasy Golf Bag. The only thing that I have behind the paywall technically is uh, my core article. And we'll see how like the beginning of the year progresses with some of the other data that I'm working on for PGA DFS. Um, but for now, I will continue to crank out this best ball content. I think it's really fun, a really fun format. And uh yeah, I think uh, if you have any comments, please drop them below. Please uh, reach out to me on Twitter. And uh, we also have a Discord set up. So if you go to fantasygolfbag.com on the homepage, you'll see a nice Discord logo right there. If you click that, it'll drop you right into our uh, Discord chat to chat. PGA DFS, NBA, NFL, um, best ball, whatever you want to do. So with that, guys, I am going to sign out. And uh, I appreciate everyone listening to the Fantasy Golf Bag podcast this week, whether it was on audio on Spotify, iTunes, et cetera, or on YouTube watching the video. So thank you all. Uh, really appreciate all the support. And um, I'll be back later this week for another article uh, discussing some other best ball picks that I like and uh, probably do an update maybe next week after Thanksgiving with some updated best ball rankings for like the mid-round, mid-late uh, third, fourth round. Thank you, everybody. Best of luck. Stay safe for the Thanksgiving holiday, and um, we will talk to you later. Bye.